welcome back to Learn, Laugh, Leap. Today we're jukey jamming with two members of the Minnesota Roller Derby. I went to my first roller derby bout with my friend Britta. What's up, girl? And I just love the energy, the fans, the entertainment, the get-ups, and the theatrics. We had a lot of fun. But my favorite thing about roller derby is their vernacular. Their vernacular is spectacular. Fishnet burn, hip whip, jammerless jam, j-block, panties, trip in, and zebra are just a few examples, but you are going to hear some more awesome ones in this interview. And there's so much more behind the scenes in roller derby. So we're going to learn about tryouts, training, injuries. We also mentioned a bout on October 5th that already happened, but their next bout dates are on their website. So if you're interested, go take a look at the website, which is in the show notes on my website. If you're looking for a good derby movie, check out Whip It with Ellen Page, the girl that plays Juno. Let's leap in. I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap, and joining me today are Dana Johnson, aka Valkyrie slash VK, and Ishtor Forbes, aka The Ish. So welcome, ladies. Hi. Hello. From the Minnesota Roller Derby. And I'm super excited to talk to these ladies about the subculture. It's the fringe sport that is roller derby. So first, let's start with you, Dana. How did you kind of get into roller derby? Um, well, I am divorced and was having a real rough time with that. I'd gone to the state fair, got discount tickets from um, then the Minnesota Roller Girls, now Minnesota Roller Derby, and was sitting at this this bout in November, and I turned to my friend, and I was like, I think I need to do this. And she goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, roller derby, I, I think I need to do it. I'll probably suck. I might even die, but at this point in my life, that's just the natural oh progression of things. So... Um, <laughs> Two days later, I found myself on skates for the first time in my entire life. So Two days later? Two days later, oh, and dang. here we are almost Just... four years on from that. So wow. This is my third season actually playing. And what about you, Ish? I've been playing for about 10 years, but okay. I started in a very, very small rec league. Um, we literally have played in bars before. It was not, not sanctioned. It was not safe <laughs> at all. Uh, but that's what happens when you grow up in a marine town. Uh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I started on a little rec league, moved up to Carolina Roller Girls, which is in North Carolina. That was our one of our top teams, and then okay. moved here now to Minnesota, and got literally whooped into shape to get on this team. Really? It, is it was a, a lot more intense here it's than a North huge Carolina? jump from D2s to a D1 team. How many yeah. divisions are there? I think there's only two. Yeah, there's two There's okay. two ranked so divisions. So you went then... from D2 to D1. Yes. And it was just a huge difference. It Yes. I'm even at practice, I'm like, I'm going to die. What all is involved with becoming part of the derby squad? Tryouts normally for most teams. Yeah. So a lot of places will have like a boot camp or a fresh meat camp. So we'll teach you like the, uh, the basics. Stop, go. You know, all the stuff that's going to be on the minimum requirements to make sure you're safe to be on the track with other people. Because yes, our sport looks brutal, but... It's a controlled chaos. Yeah, so you, specifically for Minnesota Roller Derby, we have a um, rec league entitled the Debutantes. Usually most people start out at like one of the lo- ro- local roller rinks. They'll try on skates for a couple of times, you know, a couple of times, and then they'll decide, yeah, I want to do this. And then they get into the, the rec league and the rec league has, you know, two seasons, like winter, spring, and then a fall, winter. And every spring around may we have tryouts and if you make it through tryouts you get into our summer boot camp and our summer boot camp how many people typically try out quite yes. a, quite a few yeah i think there were about 50 people at mine Whoa. yeah that's, that's usually about what it is how many people make the cut 
Uh, it depends on how many spots we have open on the rosters for the home teams. Can and be, how many people are on the team, usually? Um, usually, I think for a roster, don't quote me on this, it's 20-something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so there could be room. Well, what do you there usually have in a year? Like, how many spots do you usually have open? It depends. I mean, it, it can go as little as under 10 to 20. Certain years, it's all contingent on, like, if you leave or right. someone else yep. leaves. Yep, there has so to be It's just a, kind of a waiting game. It's a waiting game, and it is, we're looking for not only the best skill, but who's got a good attitude. Derby is a lot about the culture, too, and we're really protective of that culture. You know, we want people that are good humans. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you have to be a good athlete and a good citizen. So it's it's competitive. Can you sniff them out? Do you know yeah, they've so got that's, a good personality? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. So, And that's kind of what boot camp is for. So the Ishes experienced boot camp this past summer. And so it's it's like going from that rec league and like ramping it up. It's literally a boot camp. So it's it's whipping you into shape and seeing what you're willing to put up with physically. But also, it, you know, it's multi-session. It goes throughout the entire summer, those three months. So yeah. it gives us some time as already established league members to evaluate, you know, okay, who's got... The good attitude who's willing to put forward you know the effort even if they fail a few times right and the ish had it the ish had it <laughs> it's We're, so now well, do you as a team get to vote or is it just like the captains decide so usually the way it works is the captains are the ones that decide the captains from each home team but they will take input from all of the team typically the decisions aren't made entirely in a vacuum did you think so, you were going to make the team honestly i did not know. I'd gotten injured um, oh. during boot camp. I sprained my ankle, and you know, you you worry because you're not getting to be out there on the track. You're not being able to show what you're able to contribute. So all I could do is just at that time support my other teammates, give feedback, and I guess me still keeping a positive attitude. And then when I could get back on skates, give that hundred percent as I could mm-hmm. is what helped. You've been on the team now for. How long? I'm, I'm still a, I'm called a rocket tot because I'm a rookie <laughs> on the teams of the Rockets. I, okay. I think now I've gotten on the actual team, I think maybe two months. Now, not counting, that doesn't count the boot camp. I meant just yeah. making it onto the league. So, so yes, you're put I'm, through hell and back, and now since then it's been two months. Yes, and now okay. we're, we're starting to practice our league practice, like our team practices home teams. So now I actually get to play with the big kids. So how many teams are there for Minnesota Roller Derby? So there are four home teams. You have the Rockets, the Atomic Bombshells, the Garda Belts, and my team, the Dagger Dolls. And are you on like the top dog league? The ish is going, pointing to herself. My team currently has a trophy, but that is is subject to change. So do you guys compete against each other? Yes, yeah. So um, last year, my team came in last place, but this oh, is uh, this is the year for domination. Redemption. Let me tell you. That's what you yeah. So we also it. yeah we also have an all star travel team, and essentially oh, all wow. of the the dagger dolls, with the exception of our new rookies, were on the all stars this past season, um, which is a whole nother level of practice and intensity. We travel all over the country to play. For Do you that. really? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, so how often are you traveling? Um, it's about once a month. Um, sometimes a little bit more, but they're, they're much more intense. They're usually tournaments that are like two or three bouts in a weekend, something like that against. They just got back from playoffs. Yep. Just got back yeah, from playoffs in Seattle. How did it go? Um, I'm not sure. I we, we didn't, we <laughs> didn't seen. progress to the next bracket, but I will say watching because I actually went up to Seattle just to watch and oh cool the level of gameplay that now I see if I ever want to be on all-star 
I have a long way to go. So this all-star team, have they been together for a long time, or they've just been individually in this sport for a long time? So a little of both. We recently got out of um, kind of a phase where we had a lot of old all-stars that kind of just retired, had kids, whatever. So um, actually it was a it was a pretty large influx of new all-stars this past season, two seasons, something like that. But the training intensity is ra- you know ramped up so much higher and we train together constantly let's back up and talk about the sport in and of itself because a lot of people i don't even think have been exposed to this because like i said it is kind of a subculture it's not in like the mainstream sports right can you just give us like in a nutshell what this looks like in a game sure so it's played on a flat oval shaped track that's about 10 feet wide and you have two teams out on the track at a time. We have four blockers and a jammer fielded from each awesome team. Awesome names, by the way. Yeah. During, blockers and jammers. During what we call a jam, a jam can last up to two minutes. And so okay. how that works is it is the jammer's job to get by the opposing blockers. And it is full contact, so the blockers can hit them. There's there's legal hits, there's illegal hits. It all has to do with safety. So, you know, no hitting to the head, spine, that sort of thing. But there's no ball involved. It's just bodies. It's it is not a sports ball sport. It is all just bodies. So, Which is something I learned in doing research for this. I, my Ooh. husband and I were watching it, and, and he's like, yeah, I think they're trying to get a ball. <laughs> like, no. This oh, is a ball no. of sport. Yep. yep. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh. actually, I did want to ask you guys that because there are men involved in this, but mm-hmm. it's more of a female sport. Is that accurate? So it was originally kind of resurfaced in 2001 down in Austin, Texas. I don't know the entire story or what, what bit of that story is true, okay. but our league formed shortly shortly thereafter, around 2004. So it was one of the first um, one of the first ten WUFTA leagues in the no nation. Way. Yeah, so it was founded mainly by women, and there are men's leagues that that are around. Um, more and more, though, we've kind of been going more towards gender inclusivity. So okay. people that are gender non-conforming or trans or intersex or uh, non-binary skaters, and they're more than welcome to to participate. In okay, sport. so back to the sport. So the jammer's job is to get by the opposing blockers. They can hit back. It's one of my favorite things, personally. Because you're a blocker? <laughs> I'm both. So I started oh. out as a blocker and became a jammer in a weird sort of way because they said they needed someone that could hit hard as a jammer rather than just being agile. Oh, so, um, so I was actually uh, recruited to be a jammer for All-Stars. I was not a jammer before All-Stars, so all of a sudden it was oh. learn new thing and ramp up the intensity of new thing yeah. all at once. Oh, by the way, you have 17 days before our first bout against Winnipeg. So, uh, And how did that go? It went pretty well, about as as well as one could expect. I got lead a few times, which means I was the first jammer to pass my opposing blockers. And you have Um, to get one full circle around the blockers? Yes. So once you get by the opposing team's blockers, your first lap is is for no points. It's your first non-scoring pass. Okay. The next time you get by blockers it is one point for every every blocker you pass and that's counted by when your hips pass their hips that's how that's wow yeah to have somebody really in there checking the hips close how do they know there's refs like bend at weird (laughs) angles like they skate so close they're all like bend over like just watching so they're actually in the ring with you guys oh yeah oh yeah right on that line they're on the edges yeah so there's actually a ref lane on the outside of the track and then usually the center of the track is exclusively for 
um, officials as well. And we have a lot of officials needed for each bout. Let's... How many do you usually have? Oh, you have inside pack ref, outside, mm-hmm. and then you have two jam refs that just follow the jammer. Like, they have to skate around the inside of the track the whole time, the jammer, Gosh. and they stay with their body. And you have penalty box timers, <laughs> penalty trackers. Just circling and circling and you know, After a while, like, you just... For me, when I jam, like, if you have to do a lot of laps, after a while, you just zone out. Like, you really do. You're like, you just go until they tell you to stop. Oh, or man. the two minutes So you're a jammer? Up. Yes. Nice. Yeah. I am now just learning how to block because I figured it's better to, as you know, VK said, it's yeah. good to have both. Yeah, be diverse. Yes, because yeah. I'm realizing it's good to be a jammer, but it's also good to say if I have to pass to the star, say I'm just not getting out of the pack. They are too strong. I'm not going anywhere. You can take off your jammer, panty, or jammer what are they called? Panty. Pa- just, yeah. They're still panties? Yeah. 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 Is that for pa- real? Yeah. Jammer, jammer caps, jammer, jammer panties. Yeah. And you pass it to your privet, they escape, but now you have to take their place as a blocker. So that's why it's good to So know this both. can happen in a single match. You don't have to wait till oh, the yeah. next match yeah. to switch roles. So kind of how that works is I mentioned lead jammer, which is once again the, the jammer that gets by their opposing blockers first on that initial scoring pass. Mm-hmm. The reason why that's significant is jams, like I said, last two minutes those are kind of like our periods in the game yeah that lead jammer can strategically call off the jam early um if they need to calling off the jam so no yep. straight jelly yes. yep pretty much yep exactly <laughs> there's a pivot that the ish, ish mentioned and yeah. the special thing about the pivot is they can take that jammer cap which has a star on it from the jammer and they become the jammer so if oh, that, that non-lead jammer is having lots of trouble they can pass it to their pivot and so that's why it's and then that jammer becomes a blocker and that's why it's really good to be skilled at both a lot of leagues don't do that a lot of leagues kind of separate people into like you have to be specifically this and only yeah and it's i think it's really good to have a base as a blocker no matter what even if you have blockers that aren't it's valuable to learn the jammer things but i think it's very valuable for jammers to learn blocker things and when I'm jamming and I get into a situation where my jamming style doesn't work and I have to pass it to my pivot and the other team's just expecting like, okay, they're agile jukey jammer. Now we got to, you know, we got the terminology is just fantastic. We we got a, we got a half a blocker we have to deal with because they're a jammer. They don't know how to block. And I, you know, I've mostly blocked. So then their jammer has been doing laps and all of a sudden I'm a blocker and then I just nail them and just crush them. And then they're like, where did that come from? So when you get knocked out of the ring, because I'm sure that happens quite a bit, mm-hmm. uh, are there padded walls or what are you running into? Cement. Um, the cement floor Reds. or our skating officials. Yeah. I mean, we All fall right. on our pads on the cement, so it's fine. I heard that a big part of this sport is it's not if you get injured, it's when. Right, yeah. So talk about that a little bit. I go by the saying that, excuse my language, nobody kicks my ass like I kick my ass. <laughs> um, so I have I have yet to, uh, knock on wood, yeah, get get injured by, by somebody else. Oh, lucky you. During boot camp, I actually broke my shoulder. Ooh. And, yeah, I actually tripped up on my own skates and went down and caught myself on my arm because um, oh. I, was, I was going face first. And I was like, I better let my elbow pad and wrist guard take this rather than my face because I need that. And, need my face. Uh, right, yeah. Money maker. Well, I don't know. I kind of have a face for radio. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but it, first fracture break I've had in my entire life. So yeah. I, I played through that, tried using a brace a little bit, but then 
the worst thing happened and I got t-boned at an intersection it actually calls yeah it was in my greater tuberosity of my upper humerus so literally right in the shoulder and i shrugged my shoulder your right side were you driving yes and how did it so they hit the the passenger side of my vehicle so hard that the door no way yeah they blew a stop sign oh yeah and so I shrugged my shoulder at the last minute really hard to protect my face from the glass that was flying. Again, protecting your face. Yeah, this I got it. This is also a jammer thing. Whenever we tend to get hit, if you watch, we do you scrunch we, up. We like, we're like, not the face. See, I'm usually doing it so I'm winding up for a counter hit. Yeah, no, I'm always like, not my face. I'm, I'm honestly surprised that you guys don't wear masks. I have a small visor that covers my eyes. I just don't like getting poked in the eyes. Yeah, no, that's not fun. And you cannot use your head. When you're pushing somebody out, you have to use shoulder or hip, right? Uh, yep, usually. I mean, you you can use your chest. You can use, I can use my upper arms. Um, you know, as long as it's, you know, above the elbow, you can use it. As long as it's above the knee, you can use it. So what about you, Ash? You you mentioned that you got injured during boot camp. Have you had any other major... Oh, in 10 years, uh, I was lucky I haven't broken anything in derby. As VK said, I'm my own worst enemy. I actually have broken my ankle by tripping on a little pebble and falling off of a curb that was maybe six inches. Nothing has ever hurt me that bad other than a tiny rock. That's actually really, really common in derby skaters. Like half the ankle breaks that you see are like, oh, I was running a marathon. Oh, I tripped down the stairs. And you're like... Because everybody's like, oh, did you do that while skating? Yeah, they're like, no. Oh, no. no I, was, else. I was at the end of a marathon. And the road was really wet. Tripped and over the slipped. finish line. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Like, we hurt ourselves oh. in really dumb fashions. It's not like really cool hardcore stories. But there are a lot of derby girls that do get hurt during it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are aggressive. Right, she has well, gentle eyes, but I'm sure that she does a lot of damage. Wait till the war paint goes on. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. If you if you look nice. up our site, there's we have skater profiles. There's a picture. Yes. Yeah, so that's a, another part of it that I love. All of you have your derby names. So tell me some of the other fun ones and who gets to pick them. You just pick them yourself. Pretty much, we pick them ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes sometimes there is a suggestion from from the crowd, from from the crowd, from teammates. From you know, team, yeah. whatever. Mine came from. So I am very Scandinavian. I am. Um, <laughs> Almost really? essentially, yeah. I would never do you don't that. Like I, it. I, I try to cover myself in tattoos to kind of disguise <laughs> how white I really am. But um, I think the shade of white that best describes me is is unfortunate. Oh man, yeah, it's brutal. It's, it's kind of somewhere between eggshell and bright white. Okay, it's I called can see a, that we though. just call it unfortunate. That's what um, it's called here. Okay. It's not bleach. It's not quite bleach. You're good. So I'm, I'm almost exactly half, Scan- uh, half Swedish, half Norwegian. And one of my friends, when I met her for the first time, she saw my stature and she's like, you're built like an Amazon. Well, maybe not that tall or brunette. Maybe more like a Valkyrie. And ah. so this was right around the time that I was just getting into it. And I was like, light bulb. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. With the accent, light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the ish is just the ish. I mean, that's part of your name. Uh, yeah, but it's a new name. I've only had it for about five years. What was I, your name before that? Uh, it was DJ Scribbles. And it's because my old league, so we were located in the Bible Belt. So you couldn't oh. have very naughty or raunchy names. So we had to use little code words. <laughs> but I talk a little bit of shit on, on the track. Not a lot, because I do get my ass handed to me. Yeah. So I am the shit. The shit. So it's the ish. The ish. But I was looking for you on the page and I didn't see it. I was like, I need to know what her real name is. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Just because I'm, I'm still new. Uh, I was, unfortunately, I missed our trading card pictures. Oh. So. It's like the best part. I know. It's super fun. If you see their trading card pictures, I'm like, I missed out on the best Yeah, day. go to the website, guys. You got to check out all their, their, God, their so pictures, their names, their characters. Are there any other funny ones that we should hear? Liquor and Split. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the nice. Antichrist. Yeah. So for you guys, you have four teams, 20, maybe 20 people on each team. So it's 80 people that are basically like your, it's like a sorority. Yep. But it's more than that because we have coaches, bench staff, uh, skating officials, volunteers. non-skating officials, volunteers. That are regular? That are regular. So oh, you yeah. know them well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's. Oh, we have the Frostbites now. And we have the Frostbites, which is our... our Junior, junior league. league. Oh, how so, junior? How old are they? Um, 18 and under. Yeah, eight, 7 to 18. Is it 7? Okay. Yep, 7 so to 18. So you're training them in for the big leagues. Yeah. But that's such a cool thing. I mean, there's huge camaraderie in that. Let's say you didn't go to college or you've never been a part of, like, a team mm-hmm. environment. And this is, like, that, but to the extreme. Because you're spending a lot of time together. Oh, yeah. And there are so many of you. Yep. Because, I mean, that was me. I was I was zero athletic before Derby. Really? I did, I did nothing. I played rugby and soccer. Okay. And so you were ready for, like, the physical element. No. 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 Because oh. I took two and a half years off. I came back you're out like, of, what is really this? out of shape and dying. Mine was just so I just had that extra pent up anger from years and years. So you have to catch up with us. If you ever watch my skating style, it's kind of been described as like apathetic towards death. Like it's oh really self sacrificial, kind of just throwing your limbs around. Um, usually, it's the people that I go after on the track that are usually either the biggest or the biggest pains in the asses. <laughs> And then, and you then when I'm them out specifically, oh, not only that, but then when I hit them down, I gloat over them, you know, <laughs> what, just what? To, are you allowed to do that? Like I a little flaunting? You you yeah. Yeah. The, the fans love it. And then, you know, especially if they're a blocker, then if I get their goat enough by showboating over to them, then they're, they're concentrating on me. They're not worried about my jammer if I'm blocking, you know, so, so. you don't get fouls or foul play calls for showboating as long as it's not inappropriate or yeah. like malicious or aggressive necessarily you yeah. know part of that is for the fans and part of it's just because for that split second on the track we'll be friends after but for that second on the track i want you coming after me i want you to pay attention to me and even if you're not you know before your your full attention may have been on the jammer and now you're also looking for me in your blind spot mm-hmm. and now you can't devote a hundred percent of your attention to my jammer i feel like she wants to get out in the ring right now and just I eat some ass. That's that's not just right now. That's all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, all the so time. there's a real kind of theatrical part of this sport. It reminded me a little bit of Glow. Have you guys seen that show? Oh yeah, yeah. And so you all have your names. You come out one by one, and they call you out. Mm-hmm. What is the crowd like? Electric. They, and do you have a lot of devoted fans? Oh yeah. Yeah, we have fans that have been coming since season one in 2004. Oh my gosh. Um, they paint their stomach with the Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, we have we have some diehard. Oh, wow. We have the best fans. And honestly, you know, we play in the Roy Wilkins in the River Center, and there is no better place that I've ever played derby. Isn't um, that a big stadium? It's medium sized, maybe. It's not like a it's not a huge stadium. Could be for me, maybe <laughs> two, three thousand somewhere around there. It's strange because the Roy Wilkins on Bout Night is an awesome venue. The production value is really, really high. We have the lighting, everything, and so they turn the lights down except for there is a ring of lights that illuminate the track. 
it feels like that's a huge, pretty cool. Yeah, it makes it feel like a huge stadium, but also it still feels really, really intimate, mm-hmm. and like you're close and right next to the action, which makes it way different than any other sport. So, even when there's a night when there's less than two thousand people, it still feels like the entire place is packed. Yeah, and when there's a night when it's packed, it still feels really, really intimate, and you feel like you're right on top of the track or right next to the track, even if you're in the the upper level. There's no better venue that I've ever skated in. What about you, Ash? How does it compare to North Carolina Stadium? I haven't got to skate in it yet. My first game is coming oh. up for October 5th. Oh, man, you should be so jazzed. Do you like... You hear that, folks? October 5th. October 5th, and you can get tickets on your website or where else? Roy Wilkins at the box office on Bout Night. They are... They'll save you the the Ticketmaster fees. Sorry, Ticketmaster. If you get them on Bout Night. Ticketmaster. That's right. Actually, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. There's $17 at the door. Usually there isn't a big line at the um at the box office to get them 17 bucks you guys yeah it's a deal that is that's a good deal tickets to like dave chappelle it was 300 dollars 15 if you buy them well if you you get them from us if you get them from us if you know one of us if you can find one of us yeah you can get them for 15 ahead of time sweet i have a i have a facebook page you can message me and i will leave them to for you at will call if you paypal me yeah so valkyrie that's V-A-L space K-Y-R-I-E. There's her radio voice coming yeah, in. Right? Coming yeah. in hot. And so people will like bring signs, they get dressed up. Yep. Do they dress like any of you guys? Like not really. So usually they'll do something. If anyone dresses up, they'll do something in the the theme of like the colors that we are. So for a Dagger Dolls fan, usually that's that's black and pink. And we nice. never say pink and black. It's black and pink. Dagger dolls are the the secret goths. Oh. The, just have a pinch of pink. I see. Um, just a, the hot, tall, just blonde of mom secret goths is the dagger dolls. <laughs> is that why I didn't get picked? Because I'm not. Yeah, I was mom. gonna say. Oh. So if you're not, I was gonna goth, say, do not yeah, get in. I mean, no, Jeez. that's why I didn't get picked for the team. It's because I have blue hair currently, not blonde hair. No, actually, yeah. I think at this <laughs> at, at this point, it's only two of us that are tall, blonde moms. So. <laughs> How many practices, how many games do you have in a week or... So there's pre, three practices a week during normal home season, and those last for two hours. The bouts are about once a month. Rolling into All-Stars travel season, those practices run about two and a half hours each, um, also three times a week, but there's usually an expectation of a lot more outside cross-training. On Saturday mornings, one of us will host like a workout morning at the St. Paul Athletic Club, who is one of our, our sponsors. So oh, they, nice. they provide us with memberships there. And News to Ish. So, She's yeah. learning in this podcast. Yeah, Ish, you gotta get up. So. I'm like, this. where is this in my notes of like <laughs> she's, onboarding? She's jotting it down. Yeah. I could just maybe sneak in. I'm like, no, I'm not an all-star yet. <laughs> but you know, she's doing good. You get a, as, a, as a league member, you get a, a membership to St. Paul Athletic Club too. There you go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about that cross training. So what does it look like? Are you doing more cardio, weight training? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yes. Yes. Yeah. And how many times a week are you supposed to do it outside of roller derby practice? There's no supposed to. Okay. Um, it's just but stay in shape. 
yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm not doing all sorts of crazy life things, which has happened because I was unemployed for three ER months. ER visits, etc. ER visits with your child. Yeah, that was right? I burned some calories today. Let me let me I'm tell sure. you. When I'm not doing all of those things, um, my routine is usually about four times a week, and usually oh, wow. I do about a an hour and twenty. Up your game ish. Right. I'm like, oh. Believe it or not, I just have these horrific stairs that I have to go up and down every time I want to get to my, oh. my apartment. And there's only 13 of them, but by the time I'm up there, my heart rate, my Fitbit says, is at 115 beats per minute. I am winded, Ooh. and that's bad. Well, so I just go up and down these horrible steps with weights. Like free weights or ankle weights? No, free weights. I'm terrified to put oh. stuff on my ankles. Yeah. yeah but no, that's, that's how my pants now are getting tighter in the thighs because oh, I'm getting trying big to... old thighs. Right? Stretch Muscular, pants. Muscular. Not Stretch big. Stretch pants are the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. You start... You, you start, have to. You have to. You start getting threadbare real quick on oh the inner God, thighs of your jeans. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. I go... Like guy pants. Yeah. Pants I, the, they have real pockets. Oh. No, my husband goes to yoga and he bought a pair of yoga pants and I'm like, why would you if you don't have to? Plus, they look really stupid. I'm like, you're a dude. Like, let give your junk some space. Right? Let it let it <laughs> let breathe. It breathe. Let it breathe. I mean, that's why. And and this may be TMI, but if it's if it's derby, it's got to be commando. Are fishnets a prerequisite? Um, I won't do them. Okay. Uh, yeah. I got a scar from them once. Yeah, oh, there is such a, a thing. Oh yeah, there's such a thing as fishnet burn. Mm-hmm. So what it does is when you go down and slide, it like rolls, but it flays the skin as it does it, mm-hmm. and it flays it in that checkered pattern. So you will get a checkered pattern, the same shape as those fishnets. No. But the the lines are flayed flesh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, new patent for you guys. Patent idea. Fishnets that don't slay your skin. I have your I have your your solution. So people that want to do that will usually wear like nylons or tights under their fishnets. Oh, so yeah. it still looks like it's bare legs, but yeah, they have that really it's just enough secret. for them it's to trade slip. secret. Uh VK, you are the PR person yes. for your team. So yes. what is your community outreach like? Do you do a lot of fundraising? Um yeah. Or how do you yeah. support your brand? So each of our each of our league members is required to to participate in a certain number of events. Um and so those are, are kind of more of our our PR events, but we also do a lot of giving back. So we have a lot of charities. We usually have door charities. Um, the door charity for this bout is uh, Just Us Health, the the Rainbow Health um, Initiative, which is like health outreach for essentially everyone, including gender non-binary people, that sort is of thing. Is it based in Minnesota? It is. And we have, I think they're listed on our website, and if they're not, we can... If you bring like a canned food item, you can get two dollars off your tickets at the door. So that seventeen dollars oh, nice. ticket price at the door goes 15. down to fifteen bucks. So you don't even really have to reach out to Dana. You just have to bring a can of food. Yeah, but we're, you should don't still Dana. You should still do it because I like you people. Aww. Message me. Oh, no see. unsolicited pics though. Oh. <laughs> Or, or super creepy messages. I mean, I, I will accept super <laughs> creepy messages, but ex- expect to get back, you know, in return Something what you Something even give. creepier. Oh, yeah. You guys are self-sponsored, basically. Well, you're, you have sponsors, but you have to raise all of the money for your cause right right yeah so we have we have sponsors that they sometimes give us in-kind donations sometimes give us um cash donations and beyond that the rest of our our income comes from ticket sales Mm -hmm. and everything that does not cover operating costs goes to one of our our various charities and usually our um and i 
correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, but I think the the <laughs> Who's supposed to correct you. <laughs> I I mean the ish. I'm a minion. Ish is like I I'm depending help. on you, minion. What do you, What do you think I minion? Have you minion for? Because <laughs> I'm cute. Uh, so cute though. Um, the Anne Bancroft um, Foundation is usually one of our our um our big our season long charities. Okay. Yeah. So not not sponsors, but but charities oh. that we give anything beyond our operating costs, we give back. And you mentioned income. Can anyone make a living, like, do this full-time? No. Okay. No. It's income It's income for the organization, okay. not for the skaters. No so making money We, we make zero doll hairs. Um, if anything, if anything, most of us pay lots of doll hairs to skate. <laughs> Competitive right. skating equipment is expensive. My skates are probably, I've got about $1,200 into those. Whoa. About to I'm go. Top, top of the like line skates, probably. About to go <laughs> drop another Ooh. probably $400 on Wednesday. Four. I, um, new boots. Wait, for my skates, boots? oh, they're so four years old and they're leather and stretchy. Inside your skates, okay. Well, they're the actual boot that gets mounted onto the plate. Exactly. Oh, this is not even so. covering the cost of plates. So of wheels. they're the most expensive shoes. So this is an expensive sport. It can be, yeah. Oh. It, I mean, it, starting out, I mean, you can get by with a full skate package for a hundred bucks. So, and then pads can be cheap. It depends on when you start, you know, getting that feel for, I really like this. I want to be at this level. And gear isn't going to make you a better skater, but it's going to take some of the restriction away from you being able to do what you've trained to do. I think helmets are the most replaced. Yeah. They get crushed a lot. Well, they they can only take so many impacts before they're just they're not Useless. safe anymore. Yeah, yeah. and so. your your brain is too important not to get a good helmet at mm-hmm. almost any That's cost. A good point. And it's really cheap insurance for your brain. I'm an engineer in my human job. Like my brain is my entire source of income. Yeah. If you know. Well, and you invest in your passion too. Right. Like you said, oh, if absolutely. you're just starting out, you spend you know. Not that much, and then as unless the more it's a helmet, falling, kids yeah. spend a lot spend on your helmet, on regardless. Mm-hmm. All okay, day, on every the day. count of three, you guys at the same time. It can be one word, or it can be whatever a long sentence. What is your favorite thing about roller derby? Travel. Oh, wait, <laughs> you ruined the game. I ruined the game. Three, two, one. Travel. Hitting people. <laughs> this is why you're nice. a blocker originally. Traveling. I was a jammer. Well, see, that sense the ish has a, a warm, loving heart, and over here, VK is like, I'm gonna kill people. I, but I love doing it. Yeah. So the travel part do- is for you, ish. That's the most fun part. Yes, and I've I've done the complete East Coast. So sweet. I, yes, I have a derby journal. Every time I go to a new state, I get to color in that little state. Are we gonna hit all 50 states at some point? Well, now that I'm finally in this neck of the woods, maybe, right? I have to get on the and All-Stars And for you, team. VK, there's a lot of aggression. We've talked about, like, it's a contact sport. I mean, I might be a sadist, too. Sadomasochist. I mean, you have to be at least a masochist yeah. no, to be in derby. I was just going to say that. Like, um, if you're going to be a jammer, you're you're pretty much a masochist because you're willing to run into a group of people who want to hurt you. Right. We don't want to injure, but, but hurting's fine. What's the yeah. closest sport that you guys can relate derby to? Because uh, yeah, to me, honestly, is... when I was watching it, I thought football. I'm like, holy contact. Yeah, they're wimps, though. They have too many pads. I would say rugby. As the jammer, you can get the ball, like, you know, in rugby, and you have to you have to go. You have to go very quickly. Yeah. If not, you're going to get swarmed. Yeah, it's kind of like rugby, but with more speed. Thank you guys for 
opening our eyes ish yes. learn some things um to the world of roller derby and go support your local team minnesota roller derby hell yeah oh and maybe even join them if you want to go yeah, try out come, the team, go for it. Come skate with us. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of Learn Lively, please take five seconds to give me a five-star rating on iTunes and like and share with your friends. Till next time. This episode is brought to you by ProSoul, where Microsoft Office experts create custom solutions to meet your unique business needs. Learn more at www.prosolmn.com. Problem solved.